There's a ton of corporate training out there and most of it gives a slight little bump in how productive and how engaged you are and then things go back to their baseline. My guest today on the Reset Podcast is Danny Ginsberg. Danny runs a corporate training program called the Outward Mindset. In his programs that he runs with the Arbinger Institute, Danny teaches you how to change a culture to make everyone understand how the other people are thinking. It's transformative. I've done it twice and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Welcome to the Reset Podcast. Hey, Danny, Danny Ginsberg. Ginsberg. Welcome to the Reset Podcast. Mate, is it good being you? Oh, hello, Luke. Great to see you as well and hear you. Uh, is it good being me? I've tried to be a couple of different other people in my life and it hasn't worked out particularly well. Uh, so There's yes, been a few incarnations of Danny, has there? Uh, probably, yeah. Look, I've tried to be Miguel. Uh, I've tried, no, I've tried... <laughs> Michelle, uh, no, no, I've, I've, like, yes, I think there is a couple, there's always a couple of different versions of yourself, isn't there, as, the, as time goes on. I, I often look back at photos of myself and I think, geez, I had a lot more hair. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, like, like, that's a different person back then. I've learned so much or I've grown so much or I've, yeah, found so much in, in that time that I, yeah, it is. You go through it's amazing. We all do think that we're, we're the same person forever, but, yeah. Ten, 10 years ago, you think of the things that were, were important to you and the things that you think you did, and they're not the same as what they are now. That's yeah. right. There's one of those wacky, um, yeah, there's one of those wacky uh, QI questions, you know, that ABC show QI, mm-hmm. uh, and they have those questions that you think you're going to know the answer and the answer is something completely different. And one of the questions was how old are you? And, of course, everyone was saying, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 35 and whatever. The answer is actually, I think it's about, I think it's seven. Like everyone's only about seven right. years old. All the because cells every, have gone Yeah, through. every cell has regenerated. I wish the ones on top of my head would regenerate differently. But, um, uh, yeah, this, your cells regenerate and you're kind of like a whole new person every seven years. And that's I kind of, I like that. That's cool. Jeez, we've got philosophical early here. I know. Today. We've got, How freaking but deep it's, it's like that. It's like that idea if you if you have a boat and you replace every every bit of wood on the boat, is it still the same yes. boat? And is it... And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very, and I guess it's one of the things about reset is we've got to try, I kind of love the idea that people at some stage in their life need to stop and sort of say, well, let's have a look around. Is this the way I want to go? Is this what I want to do? Yeah. I think one of those things that I just, it just irks me beyond belief is those people that sort of say, I am what I am. This is me. This is, this is who I am. Um, you know, like it or lump it, I am just filling blank, whatever that blank is. I am just yeah. a, gr- a grumpy bugger or I am just negative or I am just this way politically inclined. Uh, I, I just really, that's as good as you're going to get. Like that's as like, you know, where's the, where's the change? Where's that opportunity to reset? Um, and I think that's, I think that's a great thing that we have as, as humans that we have that ability to go, let's readjust. Let's rethink. Let's rebuild those bridges and reconnect different synapses in the brain, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff's malleable. I remember you know, back at uni, they used to tell us that by your early 20s, your brain is how it is and that's how it's staying. And we know now with neuroplasticity and, yeah. and all, of the, all of the inroads that science has made into that stuff that you know, it is changeable. It is something you can alter. You know, things Correct. like exercise helps you change it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the more you do a, a certain thing, the the more those synapses link together, and yeah, so you, you certainly don't always have to be mm. the the same person you were. Well, we're only seven years old, apparently. That's right. That's right. And at this day and age, isn't it just like that whole 
like the world saying change, the world's saying reset, you know, life and mother nature is saying this is time to reset and, and rethink politics is resetting. Like just a whole bunch of stuff is resetting. And what a great opportunity for us to, as human beings and mankind, womankind, people kind, humankind, I should have said that one, humankind, uh, you know, for us to rethink about what it is that this new world is going to look like. Um, we've got, we've got that opportunity. One of my well, that's one of the say, things you're doing oh, with, with the work that you do, isn't it? Cause um, tell, tell us a bit about that because I, I've done, Danny, Danny does workshops that he, he'll tell you about in a sec, but they're, sure. they're things that are, they're paradigm changing things. You do one of these workshops and, you know, like Oliver Wendell Holmes said, you know, a, a mind stretched past its capabilities will never go back to its original thing. And I think your, your workshops do that. They actually make you think about things a completely different way that you almost can't unthink. So can you tell us a bit about Outward Mindsets and what it's all about? Love to. Yeah, I guess about seven years ago now, I went to one of these workshops. I was luckily enough flown over to England to attend um, this workshop and I was sort of on the plane on the way over. I was going for other work reasons as well, but I was going to attend this workshop and I was sort of sitting on the plane thinking, I've been in learning and development, people development, leadership development for you know 15 years now. Here I go, I'm off to the UK again to learn something new. I guess it's probably just going to be a rehash of the same old thing. You know, there'll be some sort of quadrant that leadership fits into, some sort of saying, seven <laughs> steps, whatever it is. And it's kind of like going reluctantly in my mind, you know, with a bit of a negative mindset thinking, <laughs> yeah, what we are talking about before, I, I, know every, I know a lot and I wonder what's going to be different about this. Uh, and I came across this material by the Arbinger Institute, uh, which is a fabulous organisation that I get to work with now. Uh, like Harbinger, the bringers of truth, but they just dropped the H and made it Arbinger. And they have developed this thought process, this mindset, which is really around inward versus outward. And I went and experienced this in my workshop. And at that point in time, I had some tricky relationships with my current, my boss at that point in time. Um, always thinking about other relationships that we're having with whether it was my kids, my wife, my my, my brother, my mum, you know, friends. Um, and it hit me hard. Like it actually really kind of it had a it had a hit. It kind of hit me in the gut, and I was like, "Wow, this is interesting, deep stuff." That I was like, "Sign me up!" Like whatever I can do to get involved in this stuff more, then please uh, please help me out and helped me improve some of those relationships. Some of those are still a work in progress. Uh, my wife says you're different ever since you attended that workshop, uh, which is nice and different in a good Just way. Just give us a little, well. <laughs> a little summary of, of exactly what an what a outward mindset is. Sure, is. sure. Yeah, so, so, the, so the difference between inward mindset and outward mindset, it's different to Carol Dweck's work, which she talks about that fixed and growth. And if you're talking about growth, that's the neural plasticity stuff. Yep. It's different to that. This is around, I guess, how you see yourselves and how you see others. If I have an inward mindset, I'm really, um, I guess I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on my results. I'm focused on getting what I need to get done, at potentially at the cost of others. You know, stuff you, this is all about me. Um, and to do this inwardly, and you've probably seen people like, it's like this kind of this underlying behind the underneath the behaviors is this thing called mindset. And often we hear people say, you need to shift your mindset. You need to change your mindset. Okay. So the difference between inward versus outward and this mindset, I guess underneath all behavior, 
that we see is often a mindset as to why we go about that behavior. And often people say, you know, you need to shift your mindset. And I guess the next question is always from what to what, you know, we'll just change the way you think, change the way you think. Well, that's a really hard thing to do. But if you think about I it, actually have a, I have a different, um, I have a different way of looking at that. I actually hate the word mindset just because it mm-hmm. said mind and set. And like we just talked about yeah. before, they're not, they can change. Correct. I actually love the concept of a thought habit. Yeah. I have a thought habit. That's the way I think because that's the way I've always think and that's just that's just yeah. the way I think. But you can change habits. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's I, just my I guess, little yeah. secrecy about mindset. But I know no, I know well, what you're saying. Thought. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the you know, I, I love the old saying think, feel, act, have. Your thoughts lead to your emotions, your emotions lead to your actions, and your actions lead to what you have in your outcome. And often yeah. we try and change the behavior without going back and changing the thought process. And we were expecting a different outcome. If we haven't changed our thought process, then we're not going to get a different outcome. Just, and, just and run that through that. for me a bit slower. Sure. Think, feel, act, have. Think. That wasn't feel. any slower. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so think, much to talk about. Feel, think, act, feel, have. Act, have. Your thoughts okay. lead to you. So your beliefs or your thoughts lead to your emotions, how I'm feeling about it. Uh, and my feelings leads to my actions and my actions leads to my result or my reality. Yeah, okay. And often what we try and do is change our reality by changing our actions. So I'm going to just stop smoking. So I'll stop smoking today. I'm going to be a better leader. So I'm just going to be, you know, I need to change my behaviours. I'm going to put in my diary time to reflect with team or, you know, so we try and change our behaviours. And that doesn't have an impact. We really need to go back and change our thought process which is then going to then for change our reality that we've got. So changing my thinking is going to change my emotional reactions, going to change my behavior, yep. is going to change my outcome. So it almost makes the, re- the behavior a kind of a flowing with the tide sort of thing rather than just having to be a, something that you're effort, having to work a lot of effort into to get it to change. Correct, yes. And, 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 you've, and you've seen it happen you've experienced it yourself. You just have one of those days, you wake up, your eyes open, and you think, I'm going to have a miserable day. And you have, you end up having a miserable day. You step on the cat, you, you spill your milk and before you put in the coffee, this is all going wrong. You cut, you're late, you get stuck in traffic, you have to park miles away, you go in, you yell at your team. You know, that, that thought process has led to your actions and the reality you have of misery. You know, I, have a, I have a miserable life because of literally how I wake up and I started thinking. If I woke up, with a positive mindset or outward mindset thinking, what can I do? How can I make today better? Um, you know, Hey, look, it is raining outside, but isn't that great? And that's going to really water the garden or, or, or whatever. I get to wear my gumboots today. Um, you know, I step on the cat and I think, isn't it nice to have a cat? I spill my milk and I go, you know what? This is going to give me a great the cat's going to lick the milk. The cat's going to lick it up fine. anyway. And it's a really great excuse to go to a cafe and buy a coffee on the way that make it way better than I do. You know, you take the deep breath, you're stuck in traffic, but you pump your music up. You know, your thoughts lead to your actions and your actions lead to the reality that you've got. And that's, and I guess if we can go back and people say, yeah, but how do I change my thoughts? How do I change that bit about me? I know I don't want to wake up grumpy, but I do. I know I want to change where I'm at, but I, but I just can't, you know, back to what we were talking about before. I am what I am. I'm just that negative person. Mm. So how, how do you shift that? And I love the thought process or the, the commentary, which is just because it took you a long time to make a mistake, it shouldn't let you, shouldn't be the justification for not undoing it. 
There's um, another yeah. another metaphor with that one is, you know, you didn't tie yourself in knots overnight, so you're not going to be able to yeah. untie them overnight. So if you've developed these thoughts habit over weeks and weeks and months and years, you, know, you can't just sort of say, okay, I'm going to change them tomorrow because those pathways, yeah. are they're in your brain and you've got to sort of create new ones, I guess, and that, that, that happens, but it takes time. Correct. And, that, and that's the, this work with inward versus outward, the Arbinger stuff is really around a process and taking time to do this and, and noticing when you're falling back into that negative mindset, that inward way of thinking and having steps and measures and doing things that really make the actions to change that mindset from inward to outward. And I guess it's probably worth saying what the difference between inward versus outward is. Um, you know, the difference between Carol Dweck's work, the growth and fix, this is different to that. Inward is around, you know, that self-benefit. What's in it for me? What can I get out of this? How can I make others look bad to make me look good? And you've probably experienced We've all met that someone like that. And met someone like that. You know, underneath the behavior, like something's up here. Like, why are they doing this? They're super nice, but there's something underlying it. It's almost like when people say to you in a shop, oh, that makes your butt look great or that outfit looks awesome on you. You kind of, the behavior is saying one thing, but underneath it is they're in this for commission, aren't they? They're just saying this to be nice. That's really inward thinking. I'm only doing this to benefit myself. And to do that, I really need to start to see people as objects because it's hard to hurt people. It's easy to hurt objects. So if I'm inward thinking, you don't matter like I matter. So I'm more important or less important potentially and therefore you're just an object for me to get my work done. Like the word human resources. You are just a resource mm. for me to get my job done. You know, the word subordinate never thought staff. about that like that. That's a terrible yeah. word, isn't it? Human it is. resources. It is. It's like, Correct. Yeah, it's like a, that human's a piece of coal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's now called people and culture often in organisations, which is great. Right. So it's about people. Because the difference is if I'm outward and if I'm outward thinking, then I'm you matter like I matter. Your, your outcomes are as important as my outcomes. And, in fact, by getting you to achieve your outcomes is going to help me achieve my outcomes. So I yeah, wake okay. up and with an outward mindset, my focus is on our results, not my results our results. So what can we do to get this through? So it's really around my objectives and actions are helping you obtain your objectives and, and, uh, and activities. So to do that, I just see people as, this is a really crazy concept, I just see people as people. You have hopes, dreams, ambitions. I have hopes, dreams, ambitions. They're different, but you've got them. If I'm inward, I don't care what your dreams and ambitions and activities are. I don't give a rat's about that because all I'm really focused on is my actions, dreams, hopes, results, often, you know, really results-driven sort of activity. So that's the I shift think, that when you look at make. When you look at things like um, being in traffic, yeah, I reckon yes. that sums it up really well. A, a car pulling in front of you, you can yell and scream and do whatever you want. But have you ever done yeah. that where you've gone, oh, fucking, oh, sorry, that, yeah, you've, you've sort of <laughs> abused someone for, for driving poorly and then you sort of pulled up next to the traffic yes. lights and you actually know them, they're a friend of yours and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Or, okay, you weren't or just, they a just car, die, you were they a just person. Die. Yeah. Or they eyeball you and they kind of give you that, oh, sorry, man, look, in your, and you just kind of like everything melts away and mm. it turns from that red four-wheel drive in front of you. You know, you, you objectify that car. It doesn't, it, it doesn't even look like a person. It's a car, that bloody red car. I'm going to go, I'm going to sit it right behind it. I'm going, to, I'm going to cut that red car off. Yeah, you completely objectify that person thinking 
and it's not until you eyeball them and see them as a person where you all of a sudden just often think outwardly and go, oh, wow, I wonder what's going through your life. I wonder what's happened for you to, to do that. A, did you just not even notice me? Or B, are you in a, you know, why is you cutting me off important in your day? You know, why is, why is that happening? I'll give you a really quick example. My uh, daughter works in a retail store and she had to ask this customer on the system and she said, what's your date of birth? And at this point in time, he just lost it. He just started screaming blue murder through her. How dare you ask me? Why is this important? This shouldn't be the way things are, blah, blah, blah. And just screamed and screamed and screamed at her for a good five minutes. So much so that another customer went out and bought her some chocolates and bought her back in first. Wow. Sorry, had to deal that. Now, she came home to me and said, and told the story. And being probably I had the different hat on at this point, I probably should have just had the dad hat on and listened, but I didn't. And I said, I wonder what was going through his life for you to ask that simple question that he, for him to lose it and scream at a 21-year-old. Like that's, like something must be going on there, mustn't yeah. it? Like there has to, like that's not a normal behaviour for someone just to go, you know, so you can only imagine what that, now that might, that doesn't forgive his behaviour, but it might just get you to see it in a little bit of a different light and maybe not take it so personally to think, poor, well, this poor guy, I wonder what's going through his life. And even might just be stopping and saying, look, you know, how can I be helpful for you today? Like what, what can I do in that? And look, things might happen. It might escalate. You know, you might pull up next to that person in the car and they might stick their finger up at you and start screaming and you're all of a sudden you're in this what we call a collusion model where things get even worse like how dare you stick your finger up at me i'm gonna stick my finger up at you and you know all of a sudden you're in this cycle of hate and that person becomes the villain and you become the hero uh, i'm going to show you i'm going to teach you this the is all completely correct this is all completely inward thinking you know uh, here i am i'm going to teach this guy how to drive i'm going to prove that i'm a better person than he is that's not seeing him as a person and it's not necessarily, I guess at this point in time, you also think, oh, is that letting poor behavior go ahead? It's not. It's not at all. It's not, a, it's this inward outward is not about forgiving poor behavior or allowing poor behavior or going, well, I'm just going to take it and be the nice guy here. Because sometimes being tough is actually being outward. Right. So to do it, saying the, t- the tough to see things that need to be said. Because if you don't, you're going to let it fester and let it sort of wander under the surface and that's toxic for everyone. So Correct. So uh, another quick example, my other daughter, my middle daughter, my 15-year-old, this is when she was probably about, you know, 11, 12. And, you know, we'd had one of those dad-daughter screaming matches, do this, do that. I'd had the amygdala hijack and, you know, behave poorly and, you know, I could see my, you know, when you're standing outside of yourself and you're looking and you're going, geez, you're being a dick right now and you yeah. should stop, but you, you just, you're in there. <laughs> anyway, I, I took a deep breath and I went upstairs and I, and I apologised and I said, look, I'm sorry for my behaviour. It was really poor. And she burst into tears and I was about going to bed on time, I'm sure I was. And she burst into tears and she said, you don't love me. And I said, quite the opposite, sweetheart. I get angry and I want you to go to bed on time because I do love you. And I'm taking, I'm making these tough calls as your father to say, this is the time you have to go to bed because you've got school tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. If I didn't love you, 
I would take the soft behavior and go do whatever you want. Go upstairs and play on your iPad. I, you know, dad's going to go out to the pub or what? Like I, mm. I wouldn't care about you. And that, that kind of that behavior, those hard behaviors is about setting high expectations. It's about giving real responsibility. It's about help being helpful and corrective and giving direct feedback. You know, I'm sure you've experienced this and seen this happen in your life as well, especially in the, in the world of retail is that you, see poor behavior be allowed and it's like oh i'll give them that feedback tomorrow i'll i'll, I'll let that slide it's, it's a bit like some of this the, the stuff going on at the moment with black lives matter that that whole idea of the the thing you ignore is the thing that you condone and correct there, there's yeah, definitely yeah, a little, yeah. bit, little bit of that going on with a lot of things and people are actually having to think about how they how they're looking at some of that sort of stuff Absolutely. So, so poor behavior walk past or ignored is, is behavior that's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm saying that's okay. Rather than saying, Hey, look, you matter. Like I matter. It's important that I pull you up on whatever it is. If it's about being racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever it is, it's not just going, Oh yeah, buddy. Funny joke. It's actually, actually, Hey, stop. I, you matter like I matter. And I want you to be a better person as much as I want to be a better person. And I'm going to say, listen, your behavior right now isn't great and it's not condoning whatever it is. It's not, it's not leading to a great example. It's not leading to a great outcome. Now, whether that's talking, talking about racism or talking about someone's poor behavior to a customer, to a customer, those things are, are pretty much the same. It can be seen as I'm giving you the feedback cause you matter. Not There's I'm a- giving you the feedback to teach and tell. A friend of mine does, does work. Um, along this sort of line and he he talks about difficult conversations building unity in teams and it's a mm-hmm. really because they're yeah, difficult conversations they, they're called difficult conversations because they're difficult right they're not a yeah. pleasant thing to do but if you imagine no. if you have some underlying stress that you're just not dealing with and that can go on for years having yes. that little spike in stress of having that hard conversation can then like how oh, I didn't realize I was doing that for gee, we need to change that. And then all of a sudden that stress is gone. So having yeah. that, having that difficult conversation and is often a way to sort of decrease the amount of stress in a, in a situation. And you know, it, it, is an act, it can be an act of unity. It can pull teams together. Yeah, correct. Cause your, your team members are seeing that behavior happen. Your, 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 your fellow managers, your fellow leaders, your fellow staff, your fellow, whoever it is, your fellow family are seeing that. And they're all going, that behavior is pretty rank. But what's boss doing about it? Nothing. Oh, cool. So if they can get away with it, I can get away with it. What you ignore, so, you condone. What you ignore, you condone. So the the other the other end of it is that I guess why we often don't do it because it is a difficult conversation. And I love Brene Brown's work, which is she says, "What does your comfort level in the difficult conversation have to do with it?" Like you, that's that's self preservation. That's in well, I just say that one again. What's your comfort level? Like I can't have this conversation. I can't have this difficult conversation because it's it's awkward. It's sticky. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough shit. Like like you've got to have the tough conversation with that other person because it's about them. It's not about your comfort level. It's about you pulling that person into line or pulling that person up or giving them the feedback that they need to perform at the required level that you, that you're looking for. In my years of HR, yes, I worked a long time in human resources. Um, don't we call that managers, culture and <laughs> people in culture? Uh, people, in culture? people would, mani- managers and leaders would come to me and say, "Oh, we've got to get rid of 
Luke. He's terrible. We've got to, it's time for him to go. It's time for him to get out of the team. How do we go about firing him? Let's go through the performance management process. And my first question would always be this. Have you does Luke, well, no, does Luke know that he's not performing? And nine times out of 10, the manager would kind of sit back, cross their arms, look up to the sky and go, um, I, I think they should. They should know that they're not performing. They should I know can tell they're, they're not performing. I can tell. Everyone else knows that they're not performing. I, and yeah. Then I'd ask the question again. Does the person know that they're not performing? And nine times out of ten, at the heart of it, they would have no idea. They would presume that they're doing a pretty good job or they're getting away with it or you're allowing that behaviour to happen. So it's condoned. So actually, I'm doing what's expected of me because that's what you've kind of set out, boss. And then also you got to go back into the performance management process. And again, that's, it's there because it's actually saying these people need a chance to be able to prove themselves because it's probably what your expectation is and what their expectation is. There's a big gap there. Mm. And that's gone on for time and that gap's grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And your expectations and they're, they're plodding along. They're doing a nice flat line and your expectations are growing and growing. They should, they should, they should. And they you should, haven't communicated should. those expectations well enough. Correct. And it all for all of this, inward versus outward to me comes down to the good old finger point. So much of the time we're pointing the finger. They should do this. They should do that. Trump is this. Racism is that. Everyone needs to change. You know, the government needs to change. My boss needs to change. My team needs to change. My wife needs to change. It's all the finger point of us pointing the finger. But there's three fingers pointing back the, mm. to us saying, what can we do about that? It's all well and good pointing the finger, but there's three fingers pointing back to us saying, what are you doing about this? There's no point pointing at Trump or whoever because you ain't going to change him. There's no point pointing to your wife, your boss, your team and saying you need to change unless you're the one that's prepared to change as well. That's outward thinking. What what am I doing to contribute to this situation to make it better? Or what am I what am I doing to contribute to this situation that's making it worse that I need to stop doing, that I need to reset? Yeah, okay. There is a, there's an element in stress Teflon that one of the foundations of stress Teflon is honest self-awareness. And one thing I got from doing, because full disclosure, Danny ran one of these Arbinger courses and and I went to it years and years ago. And it was one of those things that it's, it really has changed the way I think about a lot of things. And it just, I've always thought about that since. So if, if you're in a company that feels like they have a bit of that, that sort of inward mindset going on. Um, I'll, I'll give Danny's contact details and you can get hold of him because running one of these workshops is something that that changes the way everyone in your business looks at things. They're a fantastic thing to watch. Yeah, and and it's and it's one of these. It's this material that I've come across and been lucky enough to sort of bring into my life and change some relationships. But what's been really wonderful is that sort of helping others through this process as well. And you know, I think we we're reflecting on that workshop that you that you'd attended, and I'd seen relationships that have been broken for months and years fixed and repaired. Mm. Maybe not fixed and repaired, but maybe the start of a conversation that fixed and repaired a relationship that was just hey, we've never spoke about how I might be a problem for you. We've never had the conversation that says, what could I do to be a bit more helpful? Because I'm always laying the blame. I'm always thinking, how can I self-protect? How can I look after myself, make you look bad? Those sort of things. I've never actually said, how can I be more helpful? Now, I guess at this point as well, it's not about you then taking the blame all of the time. And I love the word might. How might I be part of the problem? Because you might not be. But if yeah, you're it's, not a, thinking it's a nuance about all, in it, but it's a really important word in that question, isn't it? Really important. Really Otherwise, important. you're it's just not how pointing I, fingers at each other. 
Correct. You know, how am I the problem every time is inward thinking because yeah. it's quite selfish to think that you're always the problem. Oh, I'm always, I always make it worse. It's always my fault. No, that's quite inwardly thinking about you, you, you know, being the victim there. Yeah. It's all about me, but I wonder what I'm doing to contribute to this situation. I'm wondering what I'm doing to help out here. I'm wondering what I could be doing to make my helping things go right rather than watching things go wrong. There's a really big thing in in the reset, which is the the book I'm I'm currently writing. And if you if you look at the logo on the podcast, there's a smiley face. That's a smiley face and a sad face. And there's something I really love about that. And having had twenty odd years of optometry, to be able to look back and you know, doing an eye test, you can't just say do you like these this lens, and someone will go, oh, yeah, okay. You've got to show them too. You've got to have two options. Yeah. And one of the hassles is Correct. that we, we often just come up with whatever our first thought is and we run with that without actually looking for another one. That person's bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I've got to get mm-hmm. rid of them. Well, perhaps what mm-hmm. are you doing that isn't helping it out? And what are, what's, you know, which one's clearer, one or two? You've got to have the two. You've got to have the second one yeah. to be able to compare. And I guess that's yes. one of the things that that outward mindset does. It gives you another way of looking at stuff. Absolutely, and and I I really see it as a continuum. It's it's a it's a it's a leg rope on a surfboard. You'd get this analogy. It's a that leg rope that's tied that's velcroed around your your ankle. Pretty much most of the time, it's it's not doing anything. It's just dangling there, and it's not until you fall off, until you're in trouble, and you're tumbling in the waves that this kind of tugs on you and goes, "Oi, this way to freedom, this way to safety, this way to your board that's going to help you float." up that's what this work does as well it kind of gives you a bit of a tug and says hey danny you're being a bit of an a-hole at the moment you might want to think about how you're approaching this maybe just see that other person as a person right now you know rather than sticking your hand on your horn honking it and sticking your finger up out the window maybe just take a deep breath and think about what it is that other person is going through today and is my actions going to help this or is my actions going to hinder this now that's a that could be a five second Three second, one second thought process that could be really helpful to reset your day and reset your thought process. It's the leg rope that goes ding, ding, ding. Yeah, like something's that. going on here. Yeah. Is and there you a know way it. that every habit that you have always has a kind of a cue or a trigger that gets you started on the habit? Is there any sort of cue or trigger that you, you can sort of plant into your into your sort of way of thinking to to kind of make that happen a bit more regularly? To sort of remind uh, you to think about the outward mindset? Yeah. Yeah, I call this material the two minutes, two days, two years. It's um, It probably takes about two minutes to get the different models and concepts. And, and literally, we've touched on one model and concept today, difference between inward and outward. That probably takes about two minutes, and you've probably got it, and hopefully the listeners have kind of understood that and kind of sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I can see where I've been inward towards those people or... Uh, you know, I can see where I'm at my best and I'm outward. Uh, you know, I get I get those. It probably takes about two minutes. Probably takes a good two days of working with it. And that's why often we run some quite deep dive workshops. Probably takes two, di- two days to help you reset your thinking to think about, well, isn't that interesting? Or yes, I can really reflect on where I've done that. And it probably takes about two years of working with it to actually not even, I wouldn't even say I'm an expert at it. And I've been working with it for seven years. I just know it. And I can kind of put some triggers in the going, Hey, ding, 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 leg ropes going. You're, you're not seeing that. And it is often those times when the amygdala hijack happens and you're screaming blue murder, you're yelling at that. And you just take some deep breaths and you, you really try and think about wonder what, what I'm doing to contribute to this situation. How could I be helpful here? Um, 
and it just is that that ongoing process and that 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 thought process of of working with it and it's it's as simple as i challenge anyone that's listening today for just the next couple of hours whether you're listening to the morning the next day if it's if you're listening to this podcast at night do it tomorrow just see everyone in front of you as people whether that's the uber driver the person at the cafe your wife your kids your teammates on Zoom, your teammates that you see, your boss, just see them as a person, not as an object, a vehicle, uh, uh, an obstacle or someone that's irrelevant to you. Like just see them as a person and just see what that does to your thinking. And if you just try it out for a couple of hours, I'm really curious to see what the outcome is. I guess in that, you know, someone's in your way, they're an obstacle. Someone's a person that's going about their own business, they're a person. So you've got to treat them that way. It's a... It's a good way to look at it that when you are finding yourself getting shitty at something that, you know, am I treating that person I'm getting shitty at as just someone that's in my way of getting what I want now or am I treating them like a proper person? Yeah. And, and what's really interesting is that you you often are then mirroring or copying the behavior that they're demonstrating and you're all of a sudden you become the villain to them and they're the hero. So the person that's cut you off in traffic, you go and cut them. They might have not even noticed. You then go and cut them off in traffic. Well, guess what? You're just to prove a you point. Like or to dem- now. So now all of a sudden you look like the asshole. Yeah, correct. How you, you didn't slow down and let me in. You didn't, you know, so all of a sudden you, be- and so that's where this just sort of circulates and becomes worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. You know, so we're always. My, my daughter didn't wash the dishes, so I'm not going to wash the dishes. Well, that means you're yeah. not washing the dishes. Just wash the fucking dishes. It's not hard. Yeah, I might, <laughs> I might yell at her a little bit harder tonight to prove that I'm the boss. You know, those, those well, and now my dad's an asshole, so now I'm not going to do what he asked me to do. So you can just see it playing out in family relationships yeah. all the time. In team relationships, you can see it playing out re- really heavily. You know those behaviours that have been allowed to happen. Uh, you know everyone's waiting for the other to change. You know we're waiting. Parents are waiting for their kids to be better, older, more grown up. Guess what? Kids are waiting for their parents to be kinder, sweeter, more loving, give them more time, give them more freedom, whatever it is. We're waiting for our team members to perform better, do better, stop being annoying. And guess what? Our team members are waiting for us as their leaders to be more inspirational, more motivational, more, you know. Give them better direction. Give them, have give them those better, difficult conversations. Yeah, have those difficult conversations with me, with Fred, with whoever. Um, we're always waiting for the other to change and that's that's a, a really interesting mindset to shift. I'm just thinking, and you've probably seen and experienced people in your life that are just wonderfully outward by nature and they're probably the people that you go to when I would you, actually describe you as one of those people, Danny, as someone that I oh, I try for a lot of years now. I, I would certainly describe you as one of those people. I try, and I always think about it this way: if you're inward, it's about self-preservation. It's about making myself look good. It's about uh, doing what we need to do. So, if you're gonna, if you've got an issue or a situation or a big problem that's sitting in front of you, if you're really thinking it from it inwardly, you're going to go and seek out people that justify your poor behaviour. You know, if you think about you just you just yelled at someone in the office, you're not going to then go up to someone that's say, hey, can you give me your really uh, objective point of view on how I handled that situation and can give me feedback? You're never going to do Why that. do you think I'll... You're never going to do it. You're going to go up to the person that you found and say, oh, my God, I just yelled blue murder through Fred. I finally told him what for. How I'm going to go up to the person what? I know doesn't like Fred. Correct. And justify... And then you're going to go, yeah, yeah, 
Luke, tell me how good I am. Tell me how, what a great job I did of, of, of busting his chops. And Luke's going to go, yeah, good job, Danny. You did an awesome job there yelling through Fred. But you think about those people in your life that you've gone, I know I need to speak to this person now because I need to hear something uh, and it might not be nice. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Mark Manson. But it's going to be real. Mark Manson in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck describes uh, a guy called Disappointment Panda. Yes, (laughs) Disappointment Panda. Disappointment Panda is unreal. He rocks in with an undersized T-shirt over a big belly holding a margarita and and tells you the thing that you don't want to hear but you probably need to. And I guess when you've got someone around you with an outward mindset, they're going to tell you the thing that you need to hear, whether you want to hear it or not. And it's, uh, yeah. it takes some bravery, but it's, it's, it's bravery that I think it pays does. off. If it, if it comes from really? a good place, if it comes from a place of love and it comes yeah. from a place of wanting people to get better, I think it works. If it comes from a place of, that's inward, it probably doesn't. Correct. Because th- cause those people are objectifying you as well, you know, that the, the you go through when you're thinking inwardly. They're not giving you the answer that, that you need to hear. They're giving you the answer that they know you want to hear. So they're treating you almost as, as an object as well. Where if you think about those people in life that have given you those tough conversations, had those meaningful conversations, told you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You know, the teacher that told you off but did it in a really good way that set you on the right path, the mentor yep. that sort of said to you, listen, I think it's time to pull your socks up. I remember I had a boss that once said to me, you need to leave. You need to get out of here. And it was the bravest thing she ever she had ever said to me, not not let's just stick it out, but you need to go because you've, you've hit the glass ceiling here and you need to spread your wings somewhere else. You're, you're being lazy at the moment. You're being, you're coasting. You, you could do this job easily for the next two or three years, but you need wow. to go. Now that, that changed my course and my career and my life. And I still think about that person today giving me that, t- that would have been a with tough immense gratitude for her to, yeah, with immense gratitude, with immense love and heart at peace to think, gee, she did that and said that in the right way. Now, I, there's lots of people in my life I would go to to, to hear the, the right answer and the needed to answer, not the wanted to bo- yep. boost, boast me up. The really interesting thing about those people is that they are demonstrating outward mindset beautifully because it is all about you and it is nothing about them. Now, it would have been really easy for that boss to leave me in the job because you wouldn't have to find someone else. And, in fact, she clipped out a job ad and said, here, you should go for this, I think. Wow. It would have been, it would have been way easier for me. I was doing a good job. I was performing really well. I was, it was a seven-year career. At, um, this was back in my Swedish furniture days. Uh, it was Ikea, just as a tip. Um, and I reckon she everyone said to me, got that, you know, it's yeah, yeah, got that. Um, it used to be my job to ha- add the extra screw to every box. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, It would have. It is a terrible <laughs> joke. Uh, it it is. Uh, it would have been easier for her to leave me there, coasting through. It would have been. We got on really well. We had a fantastic team. We had, you know, to recruit someone into that position would have been difficult. To train someone up would have been difficult. So she actually took a tougher call a braver decision to actually say Danny it's time for you to start thinking because her complete interest was me and that isn't yeah. that wonderful and we know I've people thing, like that in our life yeah I've had a thing I call the having the chat and having the chat is is saying to someone it can be a friend it can be a work colleague or anything that I my idea of what I call having the chat is if I'm doing something that's not right if I'm not being the best version of myself I really need you to tell me yeah. Um, 
And I've done that quite a few times with staff members and, you know, I'm the boss and stuff, but I had, I had said then, look, you know, this is where I set my benchmark. If I'm not getting there, I need you to tell me. And it takes a yeah. really brave person to actually do that. But there's something about having that chat that actually says to them, look, I'm accountable too. And it actually adds a fair bit of respect. And it's a, a definitely a, an outward facing thing that we've all got to be able to be honest with each other. Correct. Because here's, here's a really cool stuff around outward mindset. If I'm living an outward mindset, then what I do is I encourage those around me to also live an outward mindset. If I'm living an inward mindset, I only encourage those around me to also live an inward mindset. If I'm all about making myself look good, self-preservation, making you look bad, then those around me are going to be doing the same thing. Screw you. I'm here to make myself yeah. look good. And we've probably worked in environments like that that are really toxic. And it's all about self-preservation, making myself look good, protecting my own patch, et cetera, et cetera. So my inward behavior only invites others to act inwardly. My outward behavior can invite people to act inwardly, but guess what? It can also make people act outwardly as well. If I go into the situation and I say, hey, I'd really love feedback on how I'm going as a leader, on how I'm going as your boss, what I could be doing differently, what I could be doing better, then what does that invite in the other? It may invite them to say, you need to do this, you need to do that, which is great. So you've got some feedback, you've got some data that you can then add to your other banks of data and say, is this something I want to change? What's really cool is that they then might go, hey, boss, what is it that I need to do differently? What mm. is it that I'm doing that's making your life They get different? curious as well. Because you've created an open space and a safe space that allows outward thinking. It is okay for you to ask for feedback. It is okay for you to seek it out because guess what? I just demonstrated it. I just did it and showed you that I'm not dead. I didn't lose a limb. My heart's not broken. Uh, I'm not dying here. Yes, it increased my stress levels a bit. Yes, it made me feel uncomfortable. But geez, I'm so much better from that, that information, that data, that that person goes, hmm, I reckon this might be an okay place for me to ask for feedback, to seek some information, to say the same thing. So by me, I always, there's a great metaphor in the book where it's like two chairs facing back to back. If you're always facing back to back with the other, you know, my wife, my kids, my, my husband, my partner, my boss, my team, if I'm always back to them, expecting them to turn their chair around to face me, it's not going to happen. You have to turn your chair first. So be the first to turn the chair and turn wow. around and go, what is, what is it that I could be doing differently? Now, here's, here's what might happen. They might not turn their chair. So they, you, you're then facing them and saying, how could I be helpful? What could I be doing differently? How, how can I help things go right? How, how have I been a barrier yeah, in yeah. the past? They might not turn their chair and they might go, yeah, you are an asshole and yeah, you do, you do need to change. They might not and that's okay because then you've got a heart at peace because you're saying, well, I did the right thing here. I asked for the feedback. I sought my information. I wanted to see things from a different perspective and I did and they didn't turn their chair. That's okay. Here's the crazy thing. Here's the cool thing is that they might then eventually turn their chair as well and say, how can I be helpful as well? What is it that I need to do to shift my behaviour? That's the cool thing yeah. is that if you turn your chair, they might turn their chair. If you don't turn their chair, they're never going to turn their chair. Yeah. There's a, there's a line that I, I, I put in the book that said, is the world a better place because you're in it? Yes. And I, th I think there's something about having that outward mindset that your answer is always going to be yes if you have an outward mindset. The world is going to be Correct. a slightly better place because you're in it. 
Yeah, and, and I love so, the question, why should anybody be led by you? So the world's a better place for me in it. And why, what have I got the right to be, to be leading people or leading a team? What's, what, what am I doing that's helping these people contribute through? And if, if you can't answer those two questions, I reckon you're in trouble. <laughs> I reckon you might be right. Danny Ginsberg, it's been lovely talking to you. Thanks for coming on the Reset Podcast. If anyone wants to get hold of Danny, um, what's our best place to find you, Danny? Uh, LinkedIn is probably my number one source of and I'll have uh, the link in the show magical. notes as well. That would be great. So please hit me up on LinkedIn. I try and post there quite regularly. I've been uh, a bit quiet the last month with homeschooling and everything that's going on, but uh, I'm back in action. So uh, hit me up on LinkedIn, send me a message, shoot me through if you've ever had an awesome experience, or I'd really love to debate any of this that we've had a chat about today. And you think, yeah, that's all well and good, Mr. Ginsburg, but I'm calling BS. Love to have a chat about it too. Yeah, these, these things, if anyone does feel like they have a bit of a, an inward mindset company and they really want to get someone to help them turn it around, Danny's a fantastic person to have in there. The, you know, I've, done, I've done two of these workshops and you know, you, your brain doesn't go back to how it was. You, you, you can't help but change. So, Danny Gingberg, thanks for coming on the uh, Reset Podcast. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for Cheers, having Luke. me.